Today is Quinquagesima Sunday. The epistle for the Mass today is taken from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 13. Brethren, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And if I should have prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I should have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And if I should distribute all my goods to feed the poor, and if I should deliver my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity is patient, is kind. Charity envieth not, dealeth not perversely, is not puffed up, is not ambitious, seeketh not her own, is not provoked to anger, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth with the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never falleth away, whether prophecy should be made void, or tongues shall cease, or knowledge shall be destroyed. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the things of a child. We see now through a glass in a dark manner, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. And now there remain faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. And the Holy Gospel. is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 18. At that time, Jesus took unto him the twelve and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things shall be accomplished, which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. For he shall be delivered to the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and scourged, and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and this word was hid from them, and they understood not the things that were said. Now it came to pass, when he drew nigh to Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard the multitude passing by, he asked what this meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they that went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried out much more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, standing, commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I do to thee? But he said, Lord, that I may see. And Jesus said to him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he saw and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. And he sent his servant at the hour of supper 
to say to them that were invited that they should come, for now all things are ready. And they began all at once to make excuse. These words are taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 14. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear friends, we often hear about charity in reference to our neighbor. The epistle today is case in point. How we have to treat one another charitably, forgive one another, and so on. So much so that many times when we think of the virtue of charity, we only think of charity towards our neighbor. But because of this, an aspect of charity that often gets overlooked is charity towards God. When our divine Savior was asked what the greatest commandment was, he replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, and with thy whole soul, and with thy whole mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second, he said, is like to this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so the greatest commandment, the greatest thing that we can do, is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we do that most perfectly by keeping the commandments. As our Lord said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you love me. But sometimes love is manifested in another way. You can sum that other way up in these three simple words three words that convey to another how important he is in your life. And those three words are Here I am. If you look in sacred scripture, you'll see that throughout history, God called certain people to do great things, to be prophets, to be fathers of the faith, for example. But you also see that when God called them, their typical answer consisted of these three words. When God said, Abraham, Abraham, what did Abraham say? He said, here I am. When God spoke to Jacob, to Moses, to Samuel, to Isaiah in the Old Testament, and to Ananias in the New Testament, their response was the same. Here I am. Because at times, love can be summed up in those three words. It can be manifested by simply being there for someone, as these men were there for God when he called them. There are other times when love or charity is knowing where you're supposed to be and being there, or knowing what you're supposed to do and doing it. Not necessarily doing it perfectly or being the best at something, but just being the person who says, here I am, I'm here for you. That can mean so much to another. And it's the same for God we can show him our love by being there for him. By just showing up, giving our best in any given duty for him. By just saying, here I am. Next Sunday, we begin a very special devotion here. 
the 40 hours devotion. The Blessed Sacrament will be exposed upon the altar for 40 consecutive hours from Sunday after the 10.30 Mass until Tuesday morning. It commemorates the 40 hours that our Lord's sacred body laid in the sepulcher after his crucifixion and death. And it begins and concludes with a solemn procession with the Holy Eucharist. It is thus a most worthy tribute of adoration and reparation to the Eucharistic heart of Christ. And it is such a privilege in this day and age when the true Mass and the Holy Eucharist are so scarce. It's a unique opportunity for us to make reparation to the Sacred Heart for the sins and ingratitude of men and to win his grace and mercy. But this begs the question, will we be there for him? Will we be here in this chapel for him? Will we commit to an hour or two or three of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament? Will we attend an extra Mass on Monday or Tuesday of next week during the 40 hours devotion? I understand there are many other places we can be throughout the day and the night on Sunday and Monday. There are many other things we could be doing, many other things we may have already planned to do. Because of this, we may find it easy to convince ourselves, oh, someone else will do it. I live too far away. Someone who lives closer can spend time with our Lord. I have something going on. Someone else will be there for the Sacred Heart. I have children. Someone else will do it. My dear friends, it can't always be someone else. It can't. We all have a part to play, and we have to do our part. And so we have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to ask ourselves a very direct question. Do we love God enough to set aside time for him, to be here for him? Or are we going to be like the people our Lord spoke of, in the 14th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, in the parable of the Great Supper. The people who were invited to a Great Supper, but who made excuses why they couldn't go. You may recall that the first man said when he was called to the Supper, I've bought a farm, and I must go out and see it. I pray thee, hold me excused. The next one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them. I pray thee, hold me excused. And the last one, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Some authors say that he may have had the best excuse. But what about us? Are we going to make excuses why we can't come to spend time with our Lord during the 40 hours devotion. 
You know, it seems that all too often when it comes to the practice of our faith, we think a lot about ourselves. We put the emphasis on us as opposed to God. I mean, think about it. Because of fallen human nature, more often than not, we have a tendency to think of our religious obligations from our point of view. What am I getting out of it? I'll go to Mass on Sunday because I need grace or because I have an obligation to go to, on Sundays and holy days. I will receive Holy Communion because it will help me. Since we have a natural tendency to center our religious obligations around ourselves, it's very easy for us to put them off when they don't oblige us under pain of sin. I'll go another time. Once a week on Sunday is enough. But what if? What if we look at it differently? What if we look at it from God's point of view? I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to receive Holy Communion to be united with him because it brings him so much joy. It makes his sacred heart so pleased to be received by me. Yes, we benefit from it, absolutely. But so does God. It pleases him so much to see that he is appreciated. There's a story about a soldier, and I'd like to share that story with you now. This soldier risked his life to save an entire town and was seriously injured in the process. He didn't die, but he was in the hospital for quite some time. And when he got out of the hospital, there were a few people who wanted to thank him for what he did. And so they planned this big event to honor him. They publicized it with posters, with announcements. You name it, they did it. Well, the day of the event arrived. And the soldier got to the reception hall. And there were maybe 10 people there. Can you imagine? This soldier risked his life to save hundreds and hundreds of people. And there were maybe 10 people there to thank him. Can you imagine what that soldier must have felt? In spite of the lack of people, the soldier nonetheless took the podium to deliver the address that he had been asked to prepare. But instead of giving the talk he had written, he looked at those 10 people and he said to them, Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Your presence here means more to me than you will ever know. Your being here, my dear friends, in this chapel, next Sunday, next Monday, next Tuesday morning, to honor our Lord and Savior who didn't just risk his life to save us, but who actually died to save us. Your just being here will mean more to him than you will ever know. That reception hall should have been packed. 
It should have been standing room only to honor a man who was willing to give everything to save others. Likewise, this chapel should be packed during the 40 hours devotion to honor a God who gave everything to save us. And so I encourage you and I plead with you on behalf of the Sacred Heart, please take some time if you're able. Make the sacrifices necessary. Sign up today on your way out of the chapel for an hour or two of adoration. Make that act of charity, that act of love for God by being here for him. By being here for him during these solemn 40 hours. And if that is not enough to move us to be here, I would add this. Just look at the state of the world. The turbulent and the volatile state of the world. Look at the state of our own country. There's no need for me to paint you a picture of the United States today. You know. It's one thing to condemn the evils of the world and to be concerned about the future. But it's another thing to do something about it. And as Catholics blessed with the one true faith, what we can do about it is this. Show up for our Lord next week. Comfort his sacred heart. Win his mercy and protection. Say to him, here I am. I'm here for you. I care. That's something we can do to stand up against the evil, the perversion, the chaos in this world. It's something that will console our God. And it's something that will make a difference now and in eternity. May we, my dear friends, strive each day to love the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves for his sake. And may we always endeavor to be there for him in this life, so that in death, he will be there for us and will say to us, thank you. Thank you for being there for me. Your presence meant more to me than you will ever know. Come now, ye blessed of my Father, and possess the kingdom which is prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.